Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I am talking with Justin Wells, and it is Thursday, which means we're talking about quarterbacks at the University of Texas, both on the team, on past teams, and on future teams. So uh, we recently wrote at Inside Texas two stories, one uh, with, with it being 10 days until uh, Texas football starts up on Wednesday. Uh, we talked a little bit about number 10, Vince Young, and how he was, uh, you know, by the relevant recruiting uh, publications at the time, number one, you know, perfect prospect 1.0 rating. Uh, Quinn Ewers, by all these different publications, uh, including, were rate, rated him as a top two prospect. I think on three was one of the few outliers that had him number two behind Caleb Williams when he reclassified to 2021. But Texas kind of has a, they have a slight history with these, you know, number one overall prospects, very close to perfect ratings, uh, at, at least as far as the recruiting services go. And the last time they had one of these guys as the, uh, on their roster, uh, it was Vince Young. Uh, but as we know, it took a few years before, you know, Vince Young started to see the field. And then before Vince Young really took control of things on the field, based off of some things that were going on early in his career that started at Texas in 2002. So uh, you, you were a little bit more with it as far as football uh, at the time than I was. And uh, obviously the situations are way different. This isn't to say that Quinn Ewers is going to walk in and be this, you know, otherworldly quarterback who's going to lead right. Texas to 11 win seasons and New York, New Year's six bowls right away. There's way too many things going on around Quinn and on even on the other side of the ball from Quinn that simply weren't going on uh, in 2004. You know, Derek Johnson's not on the current roster. Rod Babers isn't on the current roster. Uh, but when Vince Young walked onto the 40 acres, um, the situation was different. And it took a while for the coaches to adjust to him, especially considering the offenses they had run in the years prior to his arrival. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you hit a good lick on that story yesterday. It's a fun subject to talk about because there's only a couple perfect score prospects in the recruiting era, and Texas has both. Now, you know, it, it's fun to make the comparison because they, their recruitments were different and their styles were different. You know, uh, you know, Quinn was like you said, the the the, the big guy on campus. Vince actually wasn't the uh, top-rated quarterback at one point in Texas. Dave Campbell's Texas football actually had Reggie McNeil as the first-team quarterback that year, and Vince Young was the first-team athlete. So it was no, it was pretty well known that Vince was, was going to be a freak. But it's, it's fun because it's two different circumstances when you talk about what those guys walked into. Vince walked into a – it wasn't a ready-made program, but it was on the rise. It was building. It was stacking. The class of 20, uh, 2002 was one of the best Texas has ever signed easily. And so there was a lot There was a lot of other veterans there. Like you said, there was no Derek Johnson. There was no Cedric, uh, Cedric Benson. There was no Rod Babers. It was a different circumstance. They were doing a little bit of pro style with, with Chris Sims and with Major Applewhite. Vince – wasn't getting it. It wasn't happening. But if you talk to anybody around the program for that first year, his red shirt year, they would tell you, okay, Vince is different. They know it. It's easy to see he's different. And they had to, you know, change the offense a little bit to suit what he does well. It's, it's funny because with Quinn, it's, it's really opening up the offense more for Sark. 
whereas, you know, Coach Brett Mac Brown and Greg Davis had to do a lot of adjusting. Sark doesn't want to do that, and he's not going to do that. He, he's looking for, you know, he's looking for the best set of uh, set of schemes and plays that he can run for Quinn that, that he can be effective with. And I think it's two different circumstances, but, but Joe, it's two just big-time quarterbacks in a sport run by quarterbacks. And Texas had both of them. And it, it's a fun comparison because I'm going to, you know, like you said, it, it, it's not the same as it was in, in 2002, 2003, 2004. But, you know, there's a lot of talent here. And Quinn has an opportunity to, to, to cement his status at Texas. He has an opportunity to do exactly what he wanted to do, which is play at Texas the whole time. Uh, you know, you and I were, to, were at Inside Texas for the duration of his recruitment. And so we saw the good and the bad. Of, of, of all that that transpired over the last few years and we, the funny part is both these guys they want to be longhorns both these guys looked at other schools both these guys picked texas obviously we know what vince did quinn's got a big he's got a lot of a lot of expectations joe let's just be honest from our standpoint we try to look you know keep a level you know lid on on expectations but for fans when you've got quinn ewers and then you see Bijan robinson and xavier worthy and Jordan Whittington and Jatavian Sanders, like Rashawn Johnson, you start going down the list. This is an offense that could potentially be potent. And I think that's what Sark sees in, in Quinn Ewers. You know, like we've said this before. You can win with Hudson Card. I, I think he's a good quarterback. And I, I was one that I thought he may be, you know, winning the job as of a couple of weeks ago. I, I thought that would, might be the guy. But Sark has a vision. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He sees – a little bit down the road quicker than, than, than Matt Brown and Greg Davis did. It took them a few years to adjust events. Whereas with Quinn, he's doing that now. He, he's getting that done now. And so it's, it was a good story. It was, it's a great subject because for Texas fans, they're, they're both polarizing. Everybody loves talking about those two guys. And Quinn Ewers has a lot of expectations on his, on his plate, but he's got a quarterback coach and AJ Milwee that, he's been building with that he's known for two years. He's got a head coach that played quarterback that coaches quarterbacks and Steve Sarkeesian. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's in the right system. He's at the right place. I like that it, that we won't have to wait two or three years to see the offense tailored around him. We'll see it in about nine days. Yeah, that was. I, I'm glad you ended it with that. That was kind of the point of the article. Um, you go Vince's first year. He's watching Chris Sims drop back, five step drop, three step drop, seven step drop. Uh, right. 2003. He's watching Chance Mock drop back, five-step drop, seven-step drop, three-step drop. And through those first six games of 2004, he's still watching Chance Mock do that, splitting more time with him, uh, I believe. Right. But, you know, finally, you know, they they lose to Oklahoma in 2004. They squeak out a win against Missouri. And at some point during that little two-week period, he goes up to Mac Brown and Greg Davis and says, let me do my thing. You know, let Vince be Vince, I think, is the the way the story goes. So think about that. It took his redshirt year, his redshirt freshman year, 
and halfway through his redshirt sophomore year before the offense is finally okay let's do some zone read stuff and let and then boom he goes and runs for 200 and 200 in the rose bowl against michigan uh, right, right. you know he he comes out and tops ohio state at night at the horseshoe the next year but it took almost two and a half years for them to get things and those yeah. texas teams were still great they were winning 10 games they had like i mentioned Derek johnson uh they had uh, cedric benson you know all these different guys who are you know were phenomenal college players and even in also excellent pro players he had he walked into an infrastructure of talent but not so much a system that suited him really well. It finally worked out. Quinn Ewers, he's walking into the system that works for him. I, I, I disagree on one thing. I disagree on one little thing. It's not like he's – I think Steve Sarkeesian and the system with Quinn Ewers meshes perfectly. I don't think he's going to – I don't think Quinn Ewers is adjusting to Sarkeesian's system. I think it's a really great mesh. Um, and even there's another similarity. You had the, not to say Xavier Worthy is Roy Williams, but hey, they put up comparable statistics, at least in, in their seasons. Then you had, you know, Sloan Thomas, BJ Johnson, David Thomas, Bo Scaife. Well, you got Jordan Whittington. Uh, you had Isaiah Nayor, but of course he's out for the year. Jatavian Sanders, Gunnar Helm, Jaleel Billingsley, um, you know, Tariq Milton. That's a pretty good collection of skill talent. Well, Cedric Benson, of course, one of the best running backs to ever go through Texas. Bijan Robinson, right, is is trying to join him in that category. And then you have Roshan Johnson as well, who's solid in his own right. So there's skill talent there. But from day one, Quinn Ewers is going to be in an offense that works perfectly for him. He can throw the deep ball. He can make, you know, quick arm action throws on rpos will reading defenses be tough for a redshirt freshman who should be a true freshman sure is texas coming off a five and seven season and not a you know top ap top 10 finish season sure and like i said demarion overshone is probably going to be a great player in this defense but he's not Derek johnson and i don't can't remember if Corey redding was there in 04 or not i don't think he was but i know brian robinson was i know oh, michael dude. huff was you know those types of guys were there in 04 not sure if those types of guys are on the roster, but from day one, from snap one against ULM, there's no, there's not going to be this conversation of like, oh, let Quinn be Quinn. They're going to walk in. And it's like, all right, this offense is good for you. This offense is going to work for you. And it's just very interesting how, what, almost 20 years later, these two extremely highly rated quarterbacks for different reasons are going to, you know, one is walk, one walked into a situation where it took growing pains for them to finally tailor the offense to him. The other one is walking into a situation where the offense is tailored to him, uh, but there's going to be some growing pains around the entire team for them all to deal with. You said, they said, let Vince be Vince. After that Missouri game, you know, Chance Mock had to come in the game to finish that. I, I was at that game. Vince actually had the longest pass that day, I believe, was Vince Young. To, was Ramont's Taylor to Vince Young, I believe. Uh, they said, let Vince be Vince. And they went to, to, to Lubbock. I believe it was the next week. And they put on an absolute show. And, and, and the rest is history, as they say. Because it was Vince's job from that point on. I think he only lost one game uh, at, past that point. Um, at the end of the day, though, Quinn, it, it's, it, it's, a different, it's a different vibe in the program. Because it's it, the the coaching change is different. The 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 
Vince Young had the offensive line. They had a, a really good stack of offensive linemen and veterans on both sides of the ball. This group doesn't have that as much. But I, I love it, which you, it, it, it proves its point. They're not going to have to wait two and a half years to get Quinn where they need him to be. The, it, it, it almost makes you think, what if Coach Davis and Coach Brown found out this a little bit quicker with Vince? How much success would that? How would the 2003 season had lasted? Would it be in a holiday bowl in Washington State? How would that have gone? You know, there's there's so many what ifs. And and that's the fun thing with, with this group. Sark's not playing what ifs. He's picked his guy. He's got the they've got the, the talent around him. I like the comparison. I like that. I, I this is the most underrated thing about this subject. Bijan Robinson can be Quinn Ewer's best friend. There is nothing better for a first-year quarterback than an outstanding running back. Ask Major with Ricky. Ask Chris with Cedric. Like it, it, it's it go they they go in hand to hand. And so the fact he's got a Bijan Robinson is going to be that to me is is a comparison that's um, there's a similarity with Vince there. Is that they're they're giving them somebody a guy that they can rely on. And and that's you know Benson was a four year plugger and Bijan Robinson is going to be a three year plugger. And so that to me is uh, one of the things that's a little similar. But with Texas fans, it's fun to talk about because you, you're talking about two of the most ballyhooed you know, quarterback recruits in the, in the history of the, of the game. And, and Texas is, they're showing you they can skin a cat in two different ways. And, and with Quinn, it's it, hopefully they, uh, they get it a little bit quicker than they did with Vince, especially for Texas fans. You know, I, I'm just one thing I'm thinking of that zone read offense with Vince, maybe with the RPO offense here with, with Quinn. So if that story's over on, on inside Texas, pretty easy to find. It's got a picture of Vince and Quinn right by each other. Um, definitely give it a shot it's a free story but we've got a bunch of great camp info uh train we'll have all the different recruiting info so go ahead and give inside texas a look one dollar will get you four months of premium access never been a better time and also make sure you subscribe to our channel uh give us a like uh, we keep we keep the content coming on here every day and uh any any help you can help any help you can offer via engagement we appreciate a ton so that brings us to another Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games number one overall commit or quarterback, you know, top two, highly touted ballyhooed, like you said, uh, with Arch Manning, uh, you know, New Orleans Isidore Newman, the Greenies get their season going, I think, either this week uh, or uh, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks. They have a preseason um, game this week. Arch Manning, you know, getting his senior season underway. Of course, he committed in June to the Longhorns and Texas saw a lot of different, uh, you know, Texas saw a lot of good news come from that uh, commitment announcement, you've been able to speak with people around Newman basically throughout this whole recruiting process, including their head head coach, Nelson Stewart. And you put a story on Inside Texas the other day. Uh, currently, it's it's a plus story. So again, $1 will uh, open up that story and it's all the different info we provide. What are some of the things that you picked up from talking to uh, Isidore Newman, head coach Nelson Stewart? I think the first thing I noticed was how he would emphasize how happy Arch was. 
uh, people, you know, they don't see much of Arch Manning because he's just not a big social media guy. He, he just doesn't crave the attention. One tweet, you know, and it's his one tweet. tweet. And, and he might hit a lick on Instagram once or twice a week. You know, it's funny, Joe, in what we deal with on a regular basis, we're so used to kids flooding social media, different apps, different platforms. Arch is just, he doesn't care. He just does not care. And I know that's a coach's dream that he doesn't care. He only focuses on what's important. And so the cool thing is that he's happy. He's happy the recruitment is over. And, and Nelson Stewart has been able to, he notices a difference. He said he's noticed since camp started. You know, it, it's almost like the pressure has been taken off. That valve has been opened up and everything has been, it, it, it's flowing through now. And he doesn't have to worry about calling a coach. He doesn't have to worry about setting up a Zoom. He doesn't have to worry about setting up an unofficial visit on a weekend next month. He doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And trust me, Arch Manning worried about that. He, he didn't, he wanted to, he's just like any other kid. He wanted to make everybody happy. He wanted to be respectful of all the coaches and all the attention and grateful. But at the end of the day, he's a happy kid because he doesn't have to worry about recruiting for the first time in two years. And now he gets to, you know, I've heard this a lot from guys in the program. He just wants to have a senior year. He wants to have a normal senior year. And, and I think that's what he's, his goal is. He wants to enjoy his last run. Listen, Joe, this guy's enrolling in Austin in January. His life is about to start a new chapter in five months. And so he's trying to soak up as much as he can. They have a new offensive coordinator, Isidore Newman and Logan Kilgore. He speaks so highly of Arch as well. And, and, and Arch is kind of excited about that. He's got some new wrinkles in the offense. He's looking at some new different schemes. And he's a football lifer, essentially. He just wants to be in the, in the video room. He just wants to live in the facility. That, that, that's kind of how he is. That's, that's, that's how he's always been. And so that to me stood out. The fact that no other colleges call him. Now, I was not ready for that one because I figured at least a few coaches are still staying in contact, hitting him up, just checking in, you know, touching base, things of that sort. Coach Stewart said that's not happening at all. Essentially, the Mannings basically told all the other colleges, thank you, but no thank you. And so <laughs> that's another wait that's another thing taken off of his back is he doesn't have to deal with other coaches they seem resigned to the fact that he's going to be enrolling early that's you're talking Alabama Ole Miss LSU Georgia um you could even mention Virginia in that conversation but it's not happening and to me that was the most significant those two things really stood out the most the fact that he's about as happy as he's ever been it's because he doesn't have to deal with recruiting anymore and the fact that no other coaches are calling him anymore. I mean, you're the number one player in the country and, and nobody's calling you. I cannot remember a time I've ever written that in this job, in this profession. And so to me, those things, I think those two st stood out the most. Yeah, it's that's crazy. And I think we always kind of, we've, we've mentioned this a lot, is that take away the last name for, for a minute. And, you know, it, it's tough to think about that when you're thinking of Arch Manning and you're thinking about someone at a school like Isidore Newman, but he's, he's a regular kid. He, he really is. That's what everybody we, we yeah. have talked to about Arch Manning says is that, you know, if he weren't a number one overall recruit, he'd be your average high school kid. And it sounds like he's still that. That's, uh, you know, obviously great for uh, Texas, AJ Milwee, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, to basically be able to sleep well at night, that they're not going to have to worry about that. 
uh, at recruiting <laughs> process. Cause I know when you're going after someone like that, you're putting all your eggs in multiple senses in the one basket, like Arch Manning, it can take a lot. I bet it made for some stressful nights, but maybe not that stressful towards the, the end of the process. Who knows? Uh, looking at the schedule, Newman, I believe that uh, Louisiana is weird. So you got UIL covers all the public schools and then the two big Catholic schools in Houston and, and Dallas, the Jesuit schools. I think with Louisiana, everybody's in one. It's LHSAA. Um, Newman is in 2A. Uh, and their opener is on Friday against Hanville. I'm probably mispronouncing that, uh, you know, and, and, and they're in the 5A rank. So uh, it'd be interesting to watch how they play. Newman's got some talent on their team. Of course, uh, Texas commit Will Randall. Uh, they have some younger offensive linemen, um, including another Manning, uh, I believe, who is waiting in the wings. Uh, or not maybe not for the quarterback position, but on the same team. I think he's playing left guard. I think Hyde's he went from center to left guard this 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 year. I think that's where he's playing at. They got Brett Bordland at left tackle. He he's he's a guy that I'm not I can't remember if Texas has offered him yet or not. I know he's visited and I know they're very interested. I'd be surprised if they haven't. Uh, but you know, he's a guy that, that that's on the radar as well. Uh, he's got some ties to LSU, but he's talking to Texas, he's talking to Georgia. Kai, uh, Kai McDonald probably his top wide receiver. He's talking to schools like, uh, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech. He's talking to Tulane. He's a guy that can stretch the field. And so Arch has some toys over there. He's got some guys he can play with. And it's funny in Louisiana, you know, they have scrimmages. Then they have preseason games, kind of like the NFL. Then they have your your non-district, which they don't call it district. They call it parish. And then you have your your district play or whatever. And so it's, it's Louisiana is just a little bit. I think it's that nomadic law. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the beautiful women and the awesome food. I can't tell you, but I do know I love that place. And uh, yeah, New Orleans, Arch has a good setup going. He they had a tough schedule, Joe. And and Stewart even talked about that. He's like, look, I made this this non-conference thing tough because I we, we have to we want to we want to win state, and to do that, we have to put ourselves in the right position. And so they've got a lot. It's one of those things where it's been building up. This season at Newman has been building towards 2022 uh, for the last four years. Everyone's kind of been waiting on this big this season for these guys. And, and, and it's going to be fun to see how those guys see how Arch translates, see how, you know, Will Randall, Texas uh, tied in, see how he progresses. And, and let's see how far this team can go, because everybody knows this is this is Arch's last hurrah in high school. And like we've said before, uh, he'll be on uh, the 40 acres in January. Yeah, I think it, if I'm if I had to guess just by name recognition alone, it looks like his biggest matchup of the season, at least as far as in the regular season, is going to be Friday, nine uh, September twenty third at Many, uh, and that's a school that's put out some D one talent. I think they may still have some D one talent on that roster, uh, so it'd be that'll be that'll be one to watch at Many, Louisiana. That's a place where even some Texas has gotten some players in the past, so. Uh, that's it for the quarterbacks justin high school football week one is here it's week zero of college football um you are probably going to be getting out on the road around east texas where is stop number one uh for you this week stop number one is going to be tonight i I, i'm so ready i've seen four scrimmages and about a half dozen practices i'm ready i'm ready for for real football and it starts tonight i'm gonna i'm gonna hunker down i'm gonna i'm gonna head about two hours towards Timpson, Texas. I'm going to go watch Begville at Timpson. Both schools have two of the top 2024 athletes in the country. Uh, Timpson has Terry Busey, 
uh, big time, big time athlete. This is a guy that's just tremendous tape. Uh, he's visited Texas. I'm going to check in on his recruitment and see how that's going. Uh, Texas is one of the schools that hasn't offered yet among the 2025 20, that already have. And so I'm going to do a little digging on that recruitment. He's a guy I think projects at corner, uh, potentially safety, but he's going to play quarterback. He's going to play offense. He's going to play defense at, at that level in Texas. They, they play everything. And then the, when they're playing Beckville and Jacoby Williams, and I'm excited because I've never seen Jacoby Williams play in person. And if you've seen the tape of this guy, it's it's he's electric this guy he, he went to the state track meet last year won gold in in, in the hurdle in, in two different hurdles and in the relays this is a dude that just goes and so texas offered early they've been in on him early and and they they stay in touch with him because th this is a guy they envision in the athlete category he can play some running back he's probably a slot receiver at the next level but he could also play some outside receiver he'll play some defense for beckville as well and so two young 2024 athletes that are just you know tears on the football field uh that we want to see in person we'll catch them tonight i'm excited man uh it, football's finally here at least from the high school sense and uh, we get to, you know, go state to state to, to, to see who's the best out there. Yeah, it's real interesting. The combined total population of those towns is about 2,000. And two of the top 400 players in the country are playing for him. Terry Busey is number 98 overall in the on three consensus. Jacoby Williams, number 337. Uh, but we'll probably see that rise up. That'll be interesting. I think uh, a couple of years ago when I, you know, when pandemic was making its way through but they were still playing high school football i think i went and saw throckmorton no i saw thrall and lexington uh and man jared just, kerr uh, yep jared kerr that's who i was going to see and uh it was it was great to see and those are 2a and 3a towns i know this is 2a and 3a towns so i was told you know these are two state ranked teams joe yeah i was told to show up early <laughs> this might get a little got get a little crowded because these two teams are they're, they're two of the top teams in the state for the for their classification so should be a lot of good stuff and uh the season's underway and before you know it you know we'll be in arlington so all right justin anything else no i think i think we covered it this morning brother awesome well again once again take advantage of our one dollar for four months opportunity at insidetexas.com uh you can't miss it big banner at the top of the screen should be the top right button one dollar for four months uh, once again, like, subscribe to this YouTube channel on Texas football. We're bringing you not just daily conversation, but live reaction and more. Uh, can't wait wait to show what we're going to be offering for game week. We'll step it up when, when that gets here. And, hey, that gets here in a couple days. So for Justin <laughs> Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.